Greetings. This is Justin Allen with the Elite Nurse Practitioner. Welcome to the Elite Nurse Practitioner Show, a podcast dedicated to nurse practitioner entrepreneurism and achieving financial freedom, where I talk directly with nurse practitioners who need help. Listen up. Our market is saturated. Jobs can be scarce. We are underpaid. We are undervalued. We are taken advantage of by the sharks within the healthcare system. And frankly, screw that. Sick of it. And it's time for a change. And listen, I'm here to help make that happen. We are powerful. We can forge a path where we are in control of our career and ultimately our financial and personal well-being. You do not need to submit to healthcare administrators and your doctor overlords. You do not have to take the measly salary. You do not have to work 50 to 60 hours a week. There is a different way, and I'm here to show you that path. This podcast is raw and unfiltered. I have not talked to nurse practitioners in this podcast prior to the call outside of an email exchange to schedule the episode. What you're about to listen to is a consultation session between a nurse practitioner and myself. It is real, it is unscripted, it is unplanned, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Anything and everything can happen during our conversation. The nurse practitioners in these episodes are struggling with an issue in their professional or financial life, and they have reached out to me for help. My goal is to help a nurse practitioner with actionable advice that will enhance and improve their professional, business, and financial life. My other goal is to hopefully help my nurse practitioner sisters and brothers build a more productive, powerful, and free life. So I hope the content and information within these podcast episodes does just that. All right, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. Today, we'll be talking to Laura, who is a psych nurse practitioner. Currently, she is working full-time in an outpatient clinic for a large hospital system. She's wanting to start her own practice and has an opportunity to sublease a space at an established practice. She's wanting to start an insurance-accepting mental health clinic, but is interested in offering some niche services within it. She's needing assistance with navigating the startup process and how to prepare for success. Hey, Laura, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me. No, thanks for hopping on here. So let's get started. So tell us about yourself. Uh, you know, how long you've been a psych nurse, uh, a psych nurse practitioner for, and uh, what things that you've been, uh, you know, doing since you become a nurse practitioner. Um, I've been a psych nurse practitioner for the past four years. I'm currently still at my first job that I ever took as a new grad. Uh, I've been working full time, and uh, I'm just kind of tired of the metrics and the data, you know, trying to see as many patients as you can in a day and not feeling fairly compensated by the hard work that I feel I'm putting in. So I'm feeling burnout and I'm wanting to break away from that. Sure, sure. So uh, let's just go over a basic day in your you know current job right now in terms of, you know, what's contributing to this burnout. Um, well, I get here at 8 a.m., I have an hour lunch break, but it's a working lunch break because I'm usually catching up. Um, I I have an hour for new patients. I have 20 minutes for follow-up. We don't have any kind of case manager here. Uh, The patients are high acuity. It's not just like, hey, you need some Zoloft? Okay. (laughs) They're a lot more complicated than that. Um, And I just feel like 20 minutes is not enough time to really sit and, you know, get to know my people and treat them the way that I want to treat them. I mean, I want to enjoy coming to work every day and not constantly be behind. And um, so that ends up, I'm, I'm supposed to get off work at three, 
I, I'm usually here till about five um, or we're later. And that's not including like all the paperwork and stuff that you have to fill out. People needing stuff for like, you know, um, disability or extra services or their FMLA or, you know, that sort of thing. So a lot of that does trickle down and add to the stress. And I just feel I'm salary. So it doesn't matter whether I have a full no shows or if I see over 20 people that day, you know, I get paid the same. And it's just, it's just really uh, discouraging because you, I don't feel like I provide the care I want. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it sucks. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't get any kind of production or anything, nothing. You're just a straight salary and that's it. Well, they give like a small bonus, like maybe twice a year, but it's like up to $1,500. It's nothing really that Ooh, like right. motivates me. Yeah, man. Wow. They're so generous. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, right. That doesn't motivate you. I mean, come on, 1500 bucks, big deal. You know, you probably make that for them in two hours. You know? Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, so it sounds like you're in a situation that, uh, is not, not ideal. So I don't, uh, I don't blame you one bit want to get out. Um, so walk through me, walk through for me kind of what you're thinking about wanting to wanting to start so you can, you know, break free from this little rat race that you're in. Right. Well, I've been, you know, trying to navigate ways to get out for over a year and just kind of like putting my feelers out there, trying to waiting for the right opportunity. And I was introduced to a colleague of mine that I actually, I worked with her at a previous location and she's had her own family nurse practitioner, uh, private practice for a while. Um, and she relocated and has this large building that she's willing to sublease to other nurse practitioners. Um, and she's kind of, she's the one that introduced me to actually your podcast and your resources. And, um, she's offering, you know, that I, that I rent out a space there and I can use her staff and other, other, um, resources that she has there. Like she has, she'll have a lab there. She'll have like an IV, um, infusion room. She's going to have, um, there's going to be therapists there, hopefully, eventually. So she's kind of creating like a well-rounded center for uh, multiple specialties of nurse practitioners. And so she offers, you know, not only mentorship and um, just kind of guidance along the way and reassurance, but uh, she's also offering, you know, multiple referrals to come to me, uh, just mo- many of her primary care patients wanting mental health. So I could basically just slide in there and um, assume that role doing it on my own, but being my own LLC. Right. Uh, Yeah. So this is just a sublease space. Okay. You're not going to be doing, you know, anything else. You don't want to be operating out of anything that's hers. Okay. So you don't want to be like using her payment processors. You don't want to be doing anything like that. You know, staff can help and the staff can schedule patients and stuff on your EMR or whatever, but you know, you don't want to come in there and keep it as separate as possible. Right. So, um, but that sounds like a good, uh, a good opportunity. I mean, it's set up. You can just basically walk in and see some patients. So have you talked about um, compensation for this. Has she, has she mentioned anything about how much this is going to be? You know, a month or you mean charging for the rent? 
Exactly. Charging you for being there. Yeah. $1,000 a month. Okay. That's and not bad. Then, no. And then, but if I want to, if I want to use her staff, it's another $500 a month. Okay. Um, but I, I could also have the opportunity to hire my own staff. How big of a space is this? Oh, golly. That's not something I can really answer. It's pretty large. Okay. Uh, so an old, it's an old, uh, it was a surgery center. Oh, so you're talking about like 10 exam rooms or something? I think she's got maybe, maybe six six to eight exam rooms. Well, still, that's a lot though, right? Mm-hmm. Is, it just, is it just her in there? No, she has a women's health nurse practitioner in there right now, I believe. As well. Okay, so, yeah. okay, gotcha. So she's seeing patients that women's health NP seeing patients, and then hopefully you'll be seeing patients. Yeah. Gotcha. And she said that you have a dedicated room or anything, or would it just be basically just sharing rooms and stuff? So the the first half is like the family practice side, and then the second half is going to be kind of like the behavioral health side. Um, and that side that I would be working at is being remodeled as we speak um, because she's hoping to recruit more than just me, I believe. And um, I would have my own dedicated office space. Like it would okay. be my room. Perfect. Okay. So you have a place that you can make home. Yeah. Basically, you can make this, you know, your own little space, have your own, you know, your own computer set up, your own whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and the location's pretty decent. You feel like patients are going to be able to easily be able to find you guys? Well, it's in the middle of town. Uh, it's not in the best area of town, but it is near the major hospital in the middle of our city, okay. just a few blocks down. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, you know, as long as it's not in a you know ghetto, it should be okay. Um, and then uh, patient acquisition, is she going to be, is like the goal here, is she going to refer patients to you and vice versa? I think so, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, keep it all in-house, right? Um, okay, so you're not going to be billing through her entity, though. You're going to be billing yourself. Right. Um, she she introduced me to a billing company, but like everything that I would do would be separate from her. Like I don't have to use that billing company. I can use whichever billing company I want. Right. But I didn't meet, I did meet with them and I liked what they had to offer and say, um, they seemed like they were going to do like, take a lot of the work away from me. So I wouldn't have to really be messing with billing at all. They would just, well, so my my advice here is just to go through that company, but just make sure that you're going to be credentialed separately from her. Oh, yeah. Okay? yeah. Yeah. But that way, it's all the same system. So you can, you know, use the same billing system. You'll use the same, possibly maybe the same EOR or whatever. And then that way, if you use her staff, it's all congruent. Right. Right. So they don't have to learn new systems and whatnot. So um, I would advise just going through them. Keep this as simple as possible. Right. Okay. Uh, the EMR that she has, are you okay with it? I've never used it before. It's called Cario. Um, ah, it should be fine for you. That should work. I mean, it's a pretty okay. standard, you know, EMR. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So I would just use that then if it's not too expensive. Um, it was like a hundred bucks a month or something like that. Oh, well then, you know, whatever. That's fine. That's nothing. 
Um, okay, perfect. So listen, this sounds like a, it sounds like a pretty good opportunity to be honest with you. Uh, you know, even for $1,500 a month using her staff, it's a pretty good deal. Like you don't have to worry about employment matters. You don't have to worry about hiring people. You don't got to worry about any of that stuff. Like you just pay this person $1,500 a month. You got a space and you have, you know, a couple staff members answering the phone, making appointments, et cetera. Right. So yeah, that's really, that's, that's not a bad deal. If I could find a place like that, um, I would, I, I would jump on it. Okay. Yeah. So that's a good deal. You know, in time, um, as you get busier and whatnot, and you want to go to your own space, then, you know, <laughs> that might pose some issues, but you know, you're probably a year or two away from that minimum. Um, or you just, maybe just don't leave. Maybe you like the space Maybe you get along with, uh, you know, this other clinic, you guys are referring patients to each other. You guys are, you know, working together collaboratively and whatnot. Maybe you just stay there for a, you know, a very long time. So, um, so yeah, I think this is a good, uh, a good opportunity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Take it. My question, because I was like, well, should I start my own place or, you know, should I just jump on this? Because I do have a, um, right now I'm in a non-compete. So, um, I'm also having my second baby or my third baby (laughs) in about two months. And uh, yeah. And my non-compete, I have a one-year non-compete that doesn't start until October. So I'm going to have to be taking a year off from being a nurse practitioner whatsoever in the city that I'm in. Well, I have a 30-mile radius that I can't operate in. Um, so Is that for just mental health? Is there a service that's tied to that? The way my contract reads and the way my lawyer explained it to me was any they wrote it very vague and broad so that uh, any nurse practitioner service is how they worded it. So um, I've pretty much surrendered and accepted the fact that I can't be a nurse practitioner for a year because, Hey, I'm going to be having a baby anyway. And I'll just go work as an RN for a year here and there while I'm setting up this whole thing with her. Gotcha. Um, Well, how do you feel about that? I mean, I wish that I wish that I didn't have to wait a year. Um, I have lots of patients that are sad to see me go and don't want to lose me. Um, Of course, I can't recruit them to come follow me. Right. But But if they but if they find you on their own accord, then that's whatever. Right. 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 You can't actively solicit them. Yeah. Correct. And your lawyer said that. I mean, is this enforceable in your state? Yes. I'm I'm in Indiana. She basically told me that, you know, I could try to fight it in court and pay a bunch of lawyer fees and then still end up having my non-compete if I lost or I could wait a year. <laughs> and I don't have, you know, I'm trying to save to start a business and I don't really have the money to pay a lawyer and then run the risk of yeah. still having a non-compete. Yeah, I wouldn't pick that battle. It's not going to be worth it. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, 30 miles is it's really not that far in reality. I mean, can you not find something outside of the radius? Possibly, but I really, you know, my husband, he's a he's a firefighter, works 24-hour shifts, and just having three small children, I'm like 
driving 30 miles every day. I don't know. I could possibly do telehealth for a while, but I really hate telehealth. Uh, okay. I was going to say, you know, telemedicine would be an option too, as long as you're not seeing patients within 30, 30 miles. Right. 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 Um, okay. Well, if you don't like telemedicine, that kind of throws that one out the window. Right. Um, it doesn't sound like you really want to drive 30 miles. So, so yeah, unfortunately, I think your option is just to be the RN for a little while. Right. Right. And, um, the thing of it is I can actually make the same amount of money or close to it that I make now just being an RN for the same hospital system, depending on the job. So, um, you know, I haven't like totally completely nixed the telehealth thing. I'm just, I was just kind of like weighing my options, trying to find that sweet spot of a job or close as I can for, uh, what I'm going to do for the next year. Cause I have to make some type of money, but I don't really have much experience like with a strictly telehealth business or how that would work. Or strictly telemedicine. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, you set up a practice the same way as you would normally, but you just market and see patients online, you know, via phone calls and stuff exclusively. It's really not, it's really not that different especially if you're doing it in the same state, you know, you start getting other state licenses, then it kind of complicates it. And you got to follow, you know, other state law and whatnot. But overall, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. It's the same thing. Like you could start the business. You could start the LLC. You could start, you could get the EMR up and running. You could get your website up and running. Like you could get the business set up and mm-hmm. just do telemedicine for a year outside of that 30 mile radius. Even though I'm in, Working inside the radius, but you're if working, I'm seeing people outside. Yeah, like you're working from home. How can they prevent you from doing telemedicine in another state? You know, you're working from home. Like you can't even work from home as a nurse practitioner doing telemedicine in Florida. Like that's ridiculous. How would they even know? I don't know. Right. Like how would they even know? Right. Yeah. You know, I... I would ask your lawyer about that just to be on the safe side, but I don't see how that could restrict you. It's typically going to be restricting you seeing patients within the area. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Not just completely restricting you. Like you can't be a nurse practitioner in 30 miles, even if you're seeing patients via telemed. Like I think that would be super hard to enforce, but I guess it just depends on the language in the contract. Okay. Well, I'll have to definitely. Yeah. Why don't you just run it by her real quick and see what she says. Sure. Okay. If, you know, if it's, if it's okay and it should be, then you, like I said, you could set it all up. Um, you could even, you know, the, the, uh, the address of the LLC have it outside the 30 mile radius. Yeah. You know, I mean, how are they going to prove that you're seeing paid? Like, even if it is within that 30 mile, how are they going to prove that you're doing it from your house? You say, nah, bullshit. I drive 30 miles. I sit in my car and do it. Prove it otherwise. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that's I mean, it's gonna be so hard to prove, and that's just so restrictive. That seems ridiculous. So I could just go ahead and basically set up the business the same way that I would have it with with her, right? Exactly, and then, and then right, and then and then once the year's up, you literally move in the same day. Everything's set up. Everything's ready to go. EMR, you know, the website, the LLC, bank accounts, credit cards, like everything's there. You literally just start seeing patients. Like okay. you, should, like like. Okay, first off, the insurance credential, the insurance credentialing process is going to take six months. Right. 
Okay, so you can go ahead and get the LLC form and start the credentialing process now. Why right. not? Right? Yeah. Be, I think you'd be foolish not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you definitely need to be doing that as well at a minimum. I I have, yeah, I'm starting to do that. The thing of that is I have to have a collaborator in uh, Indiana. So I'm going to have to hire some, I'm going to have to go through a company and get a collaborator and I can't apply for credentialing until I get the collaborator. And all these companies that provide collaborators, they want to charge you full price even while you're in the credentialing process. That's ridiculous. <laughs> which why, which it takes six months to get. Right. For doing absolutely nothing, literally right. nothing. Right. That's ridiculous. This is robbery is what that is. Well, you don't know any NDs that would just allow you just to use their name for the credentialing process? Like you don't have no contacts at all? Well, um, I mean, I know lots of doctors and because uh, in Indiana, you it can be a primary care physician or a psychiatrist. Um, but a lot of them work for the same hospital system and are in non-competes themselves. So I don't know if that would violate their own non-compete. Um but I have approached a few, and most most of the ones that I've talked to, they're not really interested in being collaborators unless you're going to come work for them. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> but I could, I mean, I could still look around. But let's just say I did find somebody locally that was willing to be my collaborator just during the credentialing process. How wouldn't that be? difficult to get that switched over once I started seeing people if they weren't going to continue to do that? I wouldn't imagine that would be difficult to switch. Okay. Like that's like a letter to the insurance company or something. I mean, I don't, I don't see how that would be hard to do. I mean, it happens all the time. Okay. You know, right. So just get someone to be like, listen, all I need to do is just use your name for God's sake. Like it's all I need to do. I'm not going to be billing any patients. I'm not going to be seeing any patients. None. Okay. Surely you can find someone. I mean, yeah, I have people that I go to church with. That- well, there you go. You can just, you're right. Just, yeah, be like, hey, can I just please use you? I'm just getting credentialed. Then once I get credentialed, start seeing patients, we can literally just switch your name out to someone that I'm paying. Okay. You know? Yeah. Or maybe they're cool. Maybe they'll just be like, ah, just keep using me. Maybe 250 bucks a month or 500 bucks a month or whatever. I mean, it's free money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's little liability to them. I mean, you know, I know some MDs too, and they, they collaborate with NPs all the time. They're like, why wouldn't I do this? It's free money. They're like, if the NP does something dumb and gets sued, like, it's really hard to come back on me for that. So like, it's, it's free money. There's very little liability associated with it. Like when they tell you there is, it's kind of nonsense. There really isn't according to some others that I've talked with. So um so yeah that's what i would do okay well yeah, i'll just... start looking around then for okay. that yeah 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 get started with that asap if you can yeah yeah because i mean you're if you're gonna be sitting here twiddling your thumbs for you know a year i would just i would get it all set up get as many contracts as you possibly can with the insurance companies just get it done right the billing the billing company that i plan to use actually will do that for me i think they charge Oh, I forget what they said, but they charge by the hour to, to get the credentialing all done. Gotcha. Most, uh, most of those companies will charge per, uh, per insurance um, company that they credential with. So like 150 bucks per insurance company or something. That's how a lot of them do it. 
So, but I mean, hour, I mean, that's pretty reasonable too. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? You know, you talked, you said sitting around twiddling my thumbs for the next year. I, my, my mind was also there. I was like, well, what am I going to be doing for the next year? I'm going to be working, you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm going to be working either as an RN or maybe this telehealth thing, but I'm going to have time on my hands. And I was like, well, I have an interest in HRT and integrative medicine and ketamine and all this extra stuff. Like, should I even be thinking about that stuff or should I just like put that on the back burner and wait till I'm more established and then start really diving into that and researching that? Um, I mean, I think you should, you know, I mean, offering some ketamine infusions. uh, I mean, that's big, big money. And it's, I mean, it's in demand too. And it's, and it's a fantastic service. I mean, there's people who do, you know, a series of ketamine infusions and they get off all their psych meds, you know, like it's that significant. It's that profound for some people. Right. So, yeah, I think it's definitely something you maybe should start looking into, start dabbling in it a little bit, doing your research, taking a couple courses, you know, that sort of a thing. I think that's a great idea. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I would definitely do that. Okay. Yeah. And plus a lot of that's cash based too. Insurance doesn't really cover a lot of that. So, um, you know, it's always a good thing to have, uh, some cash based services in your practice. It's just a a nice little revenue stream. Okay. That was one question I had, like if, since I am going to be billing insurance, if I have cash based business is, does that billing get messy or should, you know, I heard you talk a lot about on podcast about, you know, just do cash base, just do cash base. But the problem with that is any referrals that I would get from this fellow NP, they're all going to be insurance. So um, if I want to do like ketamine and stuff in the future, could I keep that all in the same business or would that be like a separate business? Uh, you could keep it in the same business because it's not um, it's not uh, covered by insurance in most cases. Okay. Okay. So it's not covered. So if it's a non-covered service, you can charge the patient's cash for it. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And you can do that to the same entity. You don't have to form another entity. Okay. Yeah. To my knowledge, insurance is not covering ketamine infusions in most cases. Okay. Yeah. In most cases, they're not. So you should be good there. So the same thing would be true for like any kind of HRT, HRT or integrative medicine, anything like that. Pretty much. Right. You know, if you wanted to treat someone's hypogonadism and the underlying reason you wanted to treat their low testosterone was because of anxiety or depression or whatever, uh, insurance isn't going to cover that. Right. I do see a a lot of that, but I don't. Yeah. It's profound. Yeah. Yeah. It's a silent, it's a, it's a, it's a silent mental health epidemic amongst men. Right. You know, right. Yeah, it's not their testosterone's low. I mean, no wonder they're depressed. They don't feel good, you know? Exactly. Right. So, um, so yeah, so you could definitely do that too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, sh- and like I said, and that shouldn't be covered. Shouldn't be in most cases. So you don't really have to worry about, uh, the whole insurance thing. Okay. Yeah. So this next year, yeah, you can start taking some courses, start figuring out what it is that you want to offer, what services you want to offer, you know, do general, you know, insurance accepting psych, 
Uh, that's going to be your bread and butter probably. But then, you know, some integrated medicine, some functional medicine kind of stuff, some HRT, maybe some ketamine, those sorts of things. Um, yeah, why not? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that way over the next year, while you're doing this, you're setting yourself up to be, you know, fairly successful because you, uh, the practice itself, the services you're offering, everything is set up. So then once the day comes that you can just jump right into it, it's all set up and you're ready to rock and roll. Right. Yeah. Right. I I do like your point about starting and just go ahead and biting the bullet and doing telehealth. I would. Why yeah. not? Yeah. I'll, I'll just have to deal with my dread of technology. <laughs> oh, it's not that bad. I mean, for the most part, it can just be a phone call. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're not prescribing controlled substances, you most of the time don't even have to see, you know, even have a video chat. Yeah. I mean, I do prescribe controlled substances via telehealth where I'm at right now, but I think the rule is you have to see them at least once in person. One time. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Generally speaking, I mean, that's an ever evolving thing with the DEA. So, you know, (laughs) who knows what the final ruling is, the final rules are going to be. I mean, it's constantly changing, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, you could do that too. I mean, you could do that outside that 30 mile radius. I'm pretty sure you can't, I don't see how they can prevent you from, from doing that. Okay. Yeah. There's no way they can prove that you were at your home, make doing a phone call. How could they prove that? Okay. Yeah. So how would I, how would I even go about, you know, recruiting people from outside the 30 mile radius then? Just to see me via my new startup telemedicine thing. Well, if you're well, if you're accepting insurance, insurance will send. I mean, they'll they'll just send you patients. Oh, yeah. I mean, you'll just start getting. You know, you'll just, you'll start building up a roster of patients just from the insurance company sending you sending you patients. That that'll be a way. But you just market in you know in different areas. So you just have like a Google ad, for example, just a Google search ad. I mean, it could be something very very simple. Um. You know, on your website, you could say, you know, offering services throughout the state for ADHD, anxiety, depression, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then you start sending out some ads, some Google search ads in certain areas outside that 30 mile radius, and also maybe a few Facebook ads. And you just do that. And uh, you just do that and hope that, you know, some patients take right. a bite and schedule an appointment and go from there. So then you said setting the address of the LLC outside the 30 mile radius. Um, I probably would just to be on the safe side. You, you this this is probably covered in your course, but how do you choose an address for that? Uh, if I mean, for your purposes here, you're just picking a dress outside the 30 mile radius to be on the safe side with your non-compete. Right. right. So it doesn't really matter. You can just use a virtual address or something. Or just a P.O. box or whatever. doesn't really matter. Okay. Okay. And then during the credentialing process, you can credential, you can use the address uh, of the future practice you're going to go to. Okay. But uh, but in terms of the address of the LLC, you can just use one that's, you know, wherever. You can get a virtual address that's located in a city 100 miles from you. Okay. Yeah. So you can just go to like ipostal.com and just get a virtual address there and just use that for your LLC. That's good information. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I think I'm almost kind of running out of questions. I don't even. 
uh, it's so simple. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's cool. There's no reason to complicate this. You said you have one of our courses. What course do you have? Uh, startup for psych mental health practice. A psych NP practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How to start a psych practice. Uh, that's that's a blueprint for you. It's literally everything's there. I know you said you didn't, uh, you, you know, you haven't finished it yet. Um, it's all there. Yeah. 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 Well, it's literally, it's all there. Okay. The entire blueprint to do this is right there in that course. Okay. okay. Um, so yeah, like literally just follow the steps. We even cover the insurance components of it as well. The billing components and those kinds of things. I mean, you've been doing this as a psych MP for a while anyway, so you should understand how to code and bill and do, you know, the majority of that stuff. So that's going to be nothing new for, uh, for you, but, um, but yeah, it, it's a blueprint. So just take the course and, you know, everything's going to be there. There's always going to be a few things that come up. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. There's no way around that. That's just, you know, operating a business. Uh, but, but the majority of content is going to be there for you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So just follow the steps and then just take the advice that we talked about, you know, over this podcast and you should, uh, I mean, you should be successful. I mean, you're, you're already doing this. You're a psych MP, you know what you're doing. Uh, there's obviously going to be demand for this. There's going to, I mean, there's demand for mental health services practically everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. So you I mean, you're going to get patients. So this is a pretty much a guaranteed successful business. In my opinion, I don't see, I don't see how this could fail. Well, that's reassuring. Yeah. Just be patient. Right. Okay. Sometimes it takes a few months to start, you know, gaining that momentum and, you know, getting patience and making some money. Like, you just got to be patient. Right. Yeah. Don't expect, uh, you know, slam dunk you no. know, in, the, in the first two weeks. It's not going to happen. So just go into it with realistic expectations. Okay. You might not make a whole lot for six months. That's just part of starting a business. Sure. Yeah. Um, addition. Continue working, like whether it's the telehealth thing or the working as an RN. I still plan to continue working while I'm doing, while I'm transitioning to this. Well, good. Cause you, I mean, yeah, you're not going to need to be seeing patients five days a week at first. Right. right. You don't need to do that. You only see patients two or three days a week and then you can work as an RN on the floor two days a week or something, you know? Yeah. 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 That's exactly what you need to be doing. I mean, that's, that's part of the elite NP model. Right. Working part-time, starting a part-time business. That's the most, that's the most optimal way to start a successful business and not be stressed out about money. Sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, it sounds like you have uh, your head on your shoulders here. I mean, just follow the steps and you should, you should, you know, you should succeed. And then six months down the road after you start, you know, you probably can quit the job and just dive full time into the business. Right. right. Yeah. That's, that's a great place to be. Okay. So, well, I hope I didn't, uh, you know, ask any redundant questions that are covered in the course, but no, I really no. appreciate your time. Yeah, no, 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 not really. I mean, they're all pretty relevant, uh, relevant questions. So, um, so I appreciate you hopping on here. Uh, I think you mentioned you listened to some podcasts before. So, uh, I typically like to ask the podcast guest if you have any questions for me, uh, any curiosities or anything that crossed your mind as you listened to the course or listened to podcasts or anything. I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> uh, not right now. I really don't. I mean, okay. I imagine this is one of your more passive in income streams that you've got going on for you. Um, all these courses that you're promoting and 
I, I just congratulate you, you know? <laughs> well, thanks. It's been a lot of work. I mean, you know, setting up everything, uh, you know, all the businesses and everything, it was, uh, it was tough. Um, it, it was, it was, a, it, it was a tough few years, you know, but, but it paid it, off. How many years you've been doing your own, uh, your own thing now? So I started my first business in, it had been 2017, uh, Really, really started in 2018. So about five years, five, six years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the momentum, you know, the real money really didn't start till about year three. Okay. Yeah. And I worked at an urgent care, um, you know, for almost four, let's just say five years. It's, it's realistically about five years. Uh, you know, I, I worked at that urgent care almost four, four, four of those years while I was doing it. I mean, it was tough. Mm-hmm. but I was able to do it debt-free. Right. Right. So there's definitely some, uh, some trade-offs, right? So try to avoid debt if you can. Oh, I plan to. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go into debt for this. It's such a simple business. You don't need to take a loan out for this. No, no. No, no. I have uh, some money to sit back, you know, to get it started. And uh, we don't have much debt other than our mortgage. So, and then childcare, those are our biggest expenses. Yeah. Well, perfect. Then yeah, you should be fine here. If you got, yeah, if you got $10,000 saved up to put towards this business, that's going to be more than enough to start a successful business. Yeah, I have that. There you go. So you're literally on the path of success here. It's just now, you know, having this baby waiting the year and then getting started. Right. Right. Yeah. The third boy. So it'll be fun. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got one of those too. Yeah, he likes to scream a lot. Yeah. 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 Well, I hope to talk to you again someday and hopefully yeah. share the path to success. Yeah. Well, shoot me an email a year from now when you get started or a year and a half from now, and we'll talk about how uh, you know how things are going. Okay. I appreciate your time. All right, you're welcome. You take care of yourself. Bye bye. All right, thank you. Bye. All right, I hope everyone enjoyed the conversation with Laura. Kind of a unique situation there. You know, she has a non-compete, so she's got to wait a year. So the question is, during that time period, what do you do to set yourself up for success? And so this is going to be applicable to anyone during the startup phase of a business, really. There's usually going to be a lag there, right? A few months. So you really got to just focus in and get all the structural components done of the business, right? The LLC, the EMR, the bank accounts, insurance credentialing, if you're gonna accept insurance, payment processing, like you can get the majority of the skeleton of a business done and never even have a office or anything. So if you are in the startup phase, just get as much done as you possibly can. Take the course, go through the steps, it's all there. You can get all of that done, the majority of that stuff done and not even actually have a door a patient can walk through, okay? So if she does this over the next year, she should be able to hit the ground running, you know, once she's able to get out of that non-compete and then start seeing patients. So very good situation to be in and I wish her the best of luck. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Take care, bye.
Thank you for listening to the show. Quick legal disclaimer, the content of this podcast is meant for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be used as legal, financial, medical, regulatory, or practice-specific advice. For information pertaining to your specific legal, financial, medical, or practice-specific needs, please be sure to consult with your lawyer, CPA, medical director, and or your state's practice laws and the most up-to-date clinical guidelines. As always, do your due diligence when it comes to any information found online and in podcasts. The content of this podcast is copyrighted by Galaxy Medical Southwest 2023 and cannot be duplicated, rebroadcasted, or reproduced with out our written permission.